Hey, hi, uh, how you doing, everybody? It's another edition of We'll See You in Hell, the podcast part of the Fangoria Podcast Network. You want some info about this network? You want to know about other shows? You want to know about following this show and finding past episodes of our show or all the other shows? Well, then you go visit Fangoria.com. All right? How many times do I have to tell you? <laughs> Very confrontational start to the podcast. <laughs> Uh, we didn't check our levels. Are we okay? Yeah, I checked them. Just doing it on the fly? No, we, right. we checked them. Remember when I said give me a level and I checked it? I actually don't remember, which is very disturbing to me. It is disturbing, especially as we sit here at uh, pre-2 <laughs> o'clock with giant <laughs> screwdrivers in front of us. We're going to a wedding, baby. The, yeah. great, the great Jamie Lee, the great Dan Black. Congratulations with, to you. I know you're not listening, but congratulations to you both. We do have to drive an hour. Yeah, well, which, Stein will drive us. Yeah. <laughs> Our friend Adam Stein, who's also a writer, will be showing up soon. Not to be a guest, but he's just meeting me and Pat at my apartment so we can go to this wedding together. And I think we're all just kind of banking on Stein jumping into the to the driver's seat. Unless, of course, he's been drinking. Well, then he shouldn't be driving here, should he? That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, How Joe, are you? it's good to see you. Joe's dressed like one of the mad men today. All Where, dolled up. My granddad's tie clip. Uh, I thought that was your granddad's. <laughs> I you remembered it from the war when the two yeah. of you met. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to get dolled up as well, and then I have a new cat who has caused me zero problems in like two months. And then I left a black suit sitting on the couch. Yeah, you can't. Do white that. cat. So it was a bit of a stressful morning, but it's fine. It's a beautiful cat. The other day we got it a catnip carrot, and it was just like packed with catnip. Uh huh. And it's done that way so it'll like ease it out over time but the cat immediately is just biting into it and chewing on it and absorb like it would be like smoking uh, 10 joints to you or i probably right right this cat was spazzing the fuck out it jumped completely over my couch in a single bound Ooh, i like that it was crazy i was just like i watched it for like an hour and a half having the best time of my life as it twitched like some sort of meth head it was great what is catnip it's basically weed for cats. No, I know that, but I mean, what what is it, the substance? I don't is know. Is it a root it's or a something? Spice, maybe. But they get super high, and then just like you or I, they fall into a deep slumber the second it wears off. Oh, They're that's like, great. Ugh. It's really great. I wanted to say, that's what I was doing on my phone here, excuse me. Uh, Ken Hanley, who uh, gets this podcast going up on the air, helps us out. He's our executive producer, great man. Uh, he has written a book. And I've been wanting to mention this for several weeks. It's called The Eye in Evil. I ordered mine on Amazon yesterday. It has been out for a while. I'm ashamed at how long it took me to get it. But I urge you to check it out. I'm giving you a preliminary recommendation because he's a hilarious, great dude who knows his shit. And I'm sure after I read it, I will give you a sincere recommendation. Ken is great. I highly recommend the book myself. Yeah. It's a nice piece of work. All right, great. Uh, and I'm glad that you're uh, getting a copy of it. Yeah. Sorry, I got distracted. Somebody drove up into my driveway. Not my driveway, the building's driveway here. Uh, but Ken is a great man of Fangoria. Ken has blessed me coming very soon. I think I'm allowed to announce this. I'm going to be, I've been writing these uh, short fiction, horror, quirky, whatever stories for quite some time now. Ken's going to start publishing them on the site. Oh, that's awesome. So you're also announcing it to me, your dear friend. Yeah. So on, coming on the soon, the, the column's going to be called Friction Files, and it's going to be fictional st short stories that I've been writing for any the last sex? couple of years. They don't have any sex. It's, it's a lot of a person dealing with a situation that's 
otherworldly, if okay. you will. Sure. It's a lot of one-on-one. Baby, when I have sex, it's always out of this world. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. You know, who knows? Maybe I'll get, uh, you know, maybe maybe one of these stories will be like an erotic kind of thing. Sure. Who sure. knows? But like uh, they'll, they'll be coming. They'll be coming soon. So keep your eye out for that. And buy Ken's book if you haven't bought it. And on with the show, Pat, for Christ's sakes. Today's, uh, today's sin is pride. Uh, Joe and I have said this is like the second season of the podcast, and we're doing the seven deadly sins. Uh, pride is one I know we all suffer with. Um, basically just being too proud. There's no I don't know what, another word to say. They, it. they know what pride means, Pat. Um, you don't have to. You know, to admit something or to admit default or to admit defeat admit or to that you apologize don't to someone. Admit that you don't really know the definition of the word that well. <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> I don't know why I'm explaining pride to them. <laughs> I don't know either. We've That's a new thing. This has uh, never been a part of the show. No, it is. We explain <laughs> sloth. We explain wrath. I, not in this fashion. We discussed you're, what you're the word meant. You're saying it as if they've never heard of this <laughs> concept before <laughs> but good and it's fine i don't you know i don't dislike it i i was interested in doing this topic of pride today because i wanted to just completely bail on our seven sins agreement uh, yeah. for the second season and just go right back into full-on movie discussion episodes yeah joe says to me before we start well this is the seventh one this is pride uh we'll do a little bit about how like i'm too proud and we got to go change the format and uh, i want to change it we can do whatever we want I said joe this is the fifth sin <laughs> We're we're not on seven. Which one have which ones did we miss? We didn't do lust yet. We did, we did lust, lust, didn't we? We didn't do greed. Oh, greed. We didn't do envy. I think greed and envy are the two yeah, left. I think so. Ooh, envy is going to be a juicy one. <laughs> envy, I might just have to <laughs> sit sit out, frankly. <laughs> Envy, uh, the Envy episode will just be us playing a podcast episode of somebody else's podcast <laughs> that has, like, way more listeners or something. And is garbage. Uh, my my uh, envy really is inseparable from my anger, and it's not even envy. It's more disgust. I would have to treat, I would have to approach it more as, like, envy, like, I envy somebody's talent, because usually I'm disgusted that somebody untalented is making it, which is not really envy, but in a way it is. I'd like to shoehorn that right into envy. I mean, I that's yeah. Let's not get off on the end. No, maybe but we should have done envy. Clearly, we're chomping at the bit. <laughs> let's save that one for last. Okay, we'll have something to look forward to. Pride. I mean, are you a guy who has uh, a problem apologizing to people? Is one aspect. Well, you know, I mean, you've seen me in action. Sure. I think uh, one of my most faultily proud moments was uh, a couple of years back. We were at some kind of outdoor summer picnic. <laughs> I was on a second date maybe with yeah. a girl beautiful girl great girl she took issue with some joke i made about something and yeah i just whoo wouldn't let that one go i just i was i i chose to instead of engage with her and just squash it and have a nice time to the, instead spend my time across the yard from her <laughs> with pat and kamal nanjiani uh screaming in their faces about yeah. how out of line i thought the girl was yeah, for 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 judging one of my jokes. I was sitting with Kamel, and uh, you know, Kamel's like, "Hey, who's the girl Joe brought?" And I'm like, "Oh, you know, she's really nice. I just met her. Seems cool. Where are they?" And we look over, and you're like, "Now you listen here." <laughs> like over the hot dogs on a beautiful summer afternoon. <laughs> we were just like, "Well, I guess that's over." 
<laughs> and soon enough, it was. Yeah, it, it, we 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 made it one or two more dates after that, believe it or not. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, that didn't didn't last that long. Yeah, and she was a nice girl though. I mean, so in your definition, pride is basically not backing down on something. Me, because me, well, I'm I'm big on just throwing my hands up and being like, ah, whatever the fuck. I, I don't care anymore about any of that shit. You will not back down on uncertain things, and I admire it. Well, I'm better. I'm better at. I'm better at it now than I was. Yeah. You know, a few uh, years out here has has helped quite a bit, but uh, you know, I have my moments where it gets away from me. Right. Let's put it that way. Right. Uh, but yeah, I would say my 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 fault with pride is. Usually something in the ego department that is making me think I'm so right, I have to keep going. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have to convince these people that I am right. Yeah, sure. You know, yesterday I've been working on my buddy Moshe Kasher's pilot, and we we were having a discussion about, uh, what the hell were we talking about? Donahue. <laughs> okay. The Donahue show. And I said, Donahue establishes would come out and have a discussion and then he would go into the audience and Moshe said no Donnie he's in the audience the whole time <laughs> I said no you're wrong and I and we watched a video to settle the the disagreement and I yeah. was of course right yeah uh and I stood up and I mean I was almost parading around the room I sure. felt so good and Moshe said I don't like this and I said what and he goes you being right I don't like it at all uh, but I couldn't. I couldn't. It is for some reason really exhilarating. I guess because I'm so frequently wrong when I'm able to just really shove something in someone's face. <laughs> like, like your dick, or, or no, just like like what you're saying. Yeah, I know. Like, I know. I'm fuck kidding. you. I'm uh, kidding. You, you went into a place just then. Yeah. No, I did. You went off somewhere. <laughs> Where, what uh, What happened there? <laughs> no, nothing. I was just thinking back. Previous times, <laughs> previous great times, I've been right throughout history. <laughs> uh, Phil Hartman had an amazing Phil Donahue that I can't really separate from the real deal at this point. Uh, Phil Hartman's Phil Donahue was great. My favorite Phil Donahue impersonator, though, was Daryl Hammond, who would do Donahue in different languages, which huh. oh yeah 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 absolutely fucking yeah I have seen him do that killed me yeah it killed me. I was thinking the other day. I guess Phil Hartman would be 65, something like that. Like, can you imagine just going to any movie and maybe he's got 10 lines in it, stealing the show? Just hits a grand slam. Like, he's in almost, he'd be in almost every comedy in some small supporting role. Yeah, he'd be the guy that shows up at the end of the Will Ferrell movie. Yeah. In, like, the great cameo. Yeah. You think, though. But I'll tell you this, my money would have been on John Lovitz being that guy, too. And and Lovitz is not that guy. Sure. Yeah, I mean, this, uh, crashing show i'm writing for has a very funny line just uh, it's imagining john lovitz it's uh, speculating that he's very unhappy right in his uh life which i'm sure he is but just imagining him up in his uh castle overlooking burbank where his comedy club is playing the pipe organ <laughs> which seems like exactly what i would imagine john lovitz is doing right now. <laughs> then i saw online they had that video where he was allegedly fucking that victoria's secret model that was like a prank but I was like, why would this Victoria's Secret model even know John Lovitz to do this prank? He's been out of the game for so long. He's in... Yeah, what was that video? It was a, an April Fool's Day prank. But I'm like, why would they pick Lovitz? Like, the kids who would be enjoying this prank don't know John Lovitz. I guess you're right. He's he's just a joke now. Well, maybe he did the prank himself. That could be. 
but John Lovett's contacting the Victoria's Secret people, and they're like, yeah, we'll send up one of our girls. Well, I don't think they have exclusive exclusive rights, right? I mean, he probably j- true. He could have just found a model, right? He or probably was she famous. Asked David Spade to look through his phone, call somebody up. Uh, you know, speaking of Spade, I think that new Spade and Sandler movie actually looks pretty funny. I, I love haven't Spade. said that for a long time about a Sandler movie. No, but uh, uh, I love David Spade, and I'm excited to see him in anything. And uh, love Spade, love Lovitz. Lovitz was that like in the Wedding Singer. I thought he was gonna be playing those parts forever. Like when he comes out from behind that curtain, uh, it's it's magical. What does he say? Is he's doing Ladies' Night, right? Yeah, and then yeah, but the, but they do that. They do a gimmick where uh, he floats backwards magically, <laughs> and, like as he's cackling through the back through the curtain. Yeah, it's really great. It's uh, it's the funniest part of the movie, and I wish I could remember exactly what he says, but it's something like, it's all coming together, or something creepy like that. Yeah, he's like an evil mastermind. Yeah, he's great. He's great in that movie Lost and Found with David Spade and Artie Lang. Yes, he's great he plays... in League of Their Own, man. He stole that movie out from under Tom Hanks almost. I don't agree with that. He's not a com- he's not a comedic part in League of Their Own, is he? You see how that, w- yeah. Remember that? He goes, you see how it works is the train moves, not the station. All he does is wisecrack. <laughs> For some reason, I remembered him. He's being talking to like that real ser- homely girl, and he yeah. keeps like breaking her balls. It's very funny. Uh, Tom Hanks is—he's—he's he's amazing. I mean, no pun intended. He hits a home run in that film. I mean, it's, I, I'd say a grand slam. It's—it's it's amazing. I mean, one of the great lines of all time is, "Did anybody ever tell you you look like a little penis with a hat on it?" <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, and he delivers it. Uh huh. That's the first time he ever played like a dark character. That was pre-Philadelphia. Yeah. That was like pre Forrest Gump. That was before any of the Tom. Well, Hanks Philadelphia drama. wasn't necessarily a dark character, Joe. I mean, because he was gay. No, no. Is no. that dark? That's to you? not what I'm saying. Because he was dying. Just a man and living his life. Man conflicted. Who dark? was dying? Oh, was is what I'm saying. All right. Dating Antonio Banderas in Philadelphia. Yes, they I never even that. kiss. And I, I always thought that that should have been tied into the Desperado franchise somehow. <laughs> Maybe that's. I always like to watch Philadelphia as a prequel sure. to Desperado. Like that's what sent him on that journey. Honestly, that was, that's a stronger movie by far. <laughs> His lover dies of AIDS and he takes to the streets. <laughs> I would watch that. Uh, anyway, have uh, you seen anything? I saw a movie that I know that you would love. I wish I had seen it with you. Called Green Room. Jesse Pop, our dear friend, last night uh, was singing its praises. The it's live fantastic. Long day. It's fantastic. I hope he didn't tell you too much, but I, I wouldn't even say anything. It's up I to the Los Feliz 3. Go it? see it. I'll go see it. I, yeah. I want to see it. I know the plot of the movie from the trailer, but, yeah. you know, that's that's all I know. And he I told saw... me one detail that I wish he hadn't told me. Yeah. But it also isn't pivotal. He just was telling me how, like, they realized the skinheads are not, like, the cool kinds of skinheads, that they're, like, the Nazi skinheads. Oh, that's, I mean, that's immediate. That's not revealing anything. Yeah, but just as a fan of punk music, I would have found that, that tiny twist, very cool. Like, sure. Like, oh, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, at, at, I always liked the more poppier punk shit, to be honest. And, and I also love, like, X and stuff, which is actually poppier. X, Ramones. But never the stuff in this movie with, like, the Cookie Monster singing and shit like that. I don't like. But uh, you do, and you'll probably appreciate it even more than I did. Uh, I got to tell you, Pat, I'm almost to the bottom of this class. Pat picked up a organic jug i washed or them or squeeze jug of organic orange juice fresh squeeze i washed them squeeze it ten dollars it was ten dollars i paid for so it. so this is right out of the fucking 
Yeah. This is right out of the fucking fruit. That's what I think of you, Joe. Thank you. He shows up with two bottles of vodka, fresh squeezed jug of orange juice, and I'm to the bottom of my glass already. This is yeah. delicious. I know. Or I've got a problem. <laughs> Probably a little, little of A, little of B. <clears throat> little of A, little of B, little of C. What do you get? That's D time. <laughs> That's a song I just made up. Um, folks. Well, what are you most proud of? You never said your pride thing. Well, most proud of is is different. Well, you know what I mean. Because that's not a sin. Pride, yeah. What's your most prideish thing, if that's a word? I, I guess I have a hard time saying I'm sorry as well till after the fact. Sure. I always do, but I am the kind of guy who, like, if I feel I'm right on an issue, it's not changing. It doesn't change for like five years. I don't even know if that's a bad thing, but like, there are people, you know a couple of people out there in the world who I know think that I wronged them in some way or whatever. And I'm always, when I look back on it, like, I don't think so. And maybe I should see it a little more from their point of view. And in some cases I have, in most cases I don't. Some of that's stubborn. Some of that's just, you don't always have to admit the other person is right. It took me a while to learn that as well, because I always had to like defer to my dad and go, well, yeah, I guess you are right. Even though he wasn't. And I resented that so much that it made me very prideful to this day. So sometimes I'm going to fight with my girlfriend. I'll let it go on for three days and then go, oh, wait, you're being an idiot and apologize. I right. wish I could do that immediately, but sometimes I'll let it simmer. I've gotten way better at that over the years, probably 200% better since the relationship began. But I used to be kind of a simmerer where I would just kind of sit and be quiet. Sure. And uh, what's the matter? Nothing. What's the matter? Nothing. And then I realized I was becoming my dad, so I stopped doing that. My life changed for the better. That's a real, that's like a wife move, too. A lot of guys' wives, they say that. Yeah. Wives do that a lot. Yeah, my girlfriend is a great communicator, um, and I am not. So we had to kind of work it out. But she's always like, let's fix it, let's fix it, let's fix it. And we do. But I'm in the a big moment, fan of talking I'm so annoyed it by it. Sure. In the moment. But admittedly, you know, to a fault, I, I want to talk it out. And uh, it's... There's something about when somebody walks out of the room on me, I can't handle it. You know, if somebody in the middle of an argument goes, I'm done, I'm done, bye. Yeah, it's infuriating. It's, I can't, it, it's the most disrespected I ever feel ever. Yeah. No, I agree. And then generally I'll follow the person, but already I can just feel my temper rise and then I have to do that. Oh, you'll walk after the person. I will walk, you know, because it's such a aggressive move especially in a relationship if someone walks out of the room and you just sit there right it's almost more aggressive than the walkout but sure. i'm never going in like hey sorry it's always like don't walk out before we're done with the discussion yeah it feels shitty doesn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it feels real shitty but then i'll do it too i i we i tend to have you know it's always a once a month thing when you live with somebody there'll be a little row but uh, it always tends to be I'm about to go downstairs and something will come up and I'll wind up like one foot on the stairs, one, one foot up and about four different times during the argument. I'll go eh, throw my hands up and start to walk down the stairs. Right. And then she'll go, you're just going to walk away. And then up the stairs I go. We resume the discussion. Something else hits me the wrong way. Back down I go. Right. So I, up and down. As infuriating as it is when someone does it to me, I, I do it as well. You know what I you know what I always say, Pat? May all your ups and downs be between the sheets, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's a good uh, good way to live <laughs> your life. I agree with that. The, I don't know. I'm I fear that I'm past the point of being able to coexist with another human being. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm 38 at this point. I haven't had a roommate in a solid 10 years. Uh, you you know. haven't had any sort of tangible relationship in about 10 years. Me? Yeah. Yeah, nine months was my longest relationship. That's cr- of all time. Of all time. That's crazy to me. Yeah, well, it's crazy to me in certain ways. But then some some other people go, well, that's great because then you'll, when you meet the one, it, it you'll know. Right. But who knows? That who maybe. Knows? Do you think, like just talking now, pride seems like kind of like being a little bitch once in a while. Do you think it deserves to be up there with your murders, your your other sins? Like why why is pride up there with the seven deadly? I thought you were talking about mine. I got confused. I thought no. you were saying that I've murdered in my other sins, <laughs> and I'm a little bitch. That's all, that's all I heard. I do think you're a little bitch. Sure. I do know you've murdered. I would never have talked about that on the podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying. I've murdered it's audiences. <laughs> it's strange that these are the seven things, you know, uh, that these are the worst things. And they also, I think Shakespeare says uh, pride comes before the fall. Pride goeth. Pride, okay, Joe, same thing. <laughs> but, like, it. I guess that means, yeah, you know what, there is a lot of truth to that. Uh, you know, if you're always talking about how fucking great you are, you're about to get taken down a peg. Well, I think the reason Pride is in the Big Seven is because it's, like, what leads to war. Sure. You sure. know, and things that it leads Swinging to. Swinging your dick around. F- yeah, physical violence and right. and murder. and. I mean, think about it, crimes of passion, it's it's... She cheated on me, so now I have to kill them. Yeah. That's pride. Yeah. Uh, it's also wrath. It is. And maybe a little lust. Who knows? Bloodlust. For sure. For sure. So, you know. I don't I don't feel that pride is a big thing uh, in my life because I I have a lot of humility. I feel like I'm, I'm sort of down on myself. Um, I'm confident where I need to be, but... I'll tell you, we... Your friends frequently talk about it. We'd like you to have a little more pride in yourself. <laughs> we find the way you've been conducting yourself uh-huh. is almost off-putting. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, no, fair. I, I hear you. I, I, it is a weird thing where, like, uh, I, I hear you. I have that self-esteem shittiness, too, where you beat yourself up and, you know, and we're certainly not the guys that go, like, hey, we're going to be the center of attention. Yeah. So can you still be as faulty when it comes to pride as i don't know well i have so much hatred for bragging and i'm i'm always so much on the lookout for it i don't think i could ever really do it myself i'll tell you where i'm a loud mouth is when i'm in a writer's room sure because i get an idea in my head and i think I just think it's the right idea. Yeah. Well, we talked about that a little bit earlier. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, but I'm yeah. just saying, like, not to be repetitive, but, like, it's... it's you can't uh, let the, As go. we're talking about this, I'm realizing that really is a place that sets me off. But I have learned to be better about it, Yeah, like I said. But, I, I, used to, I used to do that myself. It's just like, you know, what I'm learning more and more about these writers' rooms is the person in charge wants to do what they want to do, and almost anything you say can't change their mind right you know like it it's not something that endears you to the other writers if you won't back down on something doesn't mean you should always be like eh, i don't care what we do because that's annoying too but if you've said something three times like there's always somebody and maybe you're this person i haven't been in a writer's room with who will pitch something 
you get maybe one time 20 minutes later to go like look i hate to keep pitching this yeah. but blah blah blah. you get one time to do that yeah, and a lot no, of times yeah. it's like you're right that is a good idea but you don't get to go a third and fourth time no i because try if, and, if the yeah. showrunner says no it's it's no no i go two yeah i go maybe two yeah you know and it, and then after two i tap out and then if the person circles back to me because they're stumped and goes well what do you think and i'll go I don't want to be annoying or repetitive, but I'm telling you, I think the thing I said is the best idea. Yeah. Like, you know, I'll say it very passively at that point. Yeah. And a lot of times I'll go along with it. My, my boss is big on you'll pitch something to him and I'll go, no. <laughs> like you just <laughs> smeared a diaper on his face and used diaper. And then he'll take a step away and then turn back and go, what was the exact wording again? Really? Which I like. And actually, you know, we've had our, we've had our differences, but that's a good sign of non-pride. You know, that's a sign of a guy who is willing. He'll never say I'm sorry right. or I reconsidered or something, but he'll turn around and go, yeah, what was it one more time? Right. After he's just screamed in your face. Jokes cometh after the pride. Yeah, That's exactly. how you can spin that Shakespeare thing around for that situation. You could. Now, here's could. my problem, Pat, and this is a problem we've discussed on this podcast before. Go on. We were drinking those delicious screwdrivers sure. earlier. I now have cracked a beer open. Yeah. Uh, we're, get, we're planning on breezing into this wedding very drunk. <laughs> Here's my point. I don't want to go to the wedding anymore. <laughs> now I just want to sit here and drink with you. Well, that's sloth. I don't know what it is with you and me together, but I get one drink in me when I'm around you, and I say... This is a guy you spend the afternoon with. Yeah. I don't need the other world. Maybe <laughs> maybe we make love. Maybe we don't. I'm just talking you, me, and a plate of nachos at some point. Yeah, maybe I a like patio. That. Well, you know, and I've, I, before when I told you you were that friend for me on this podcast, you, you screamed at me for several minutes. But I think oh, we right, are that kind of enabler in a fun way friend for each other. What I worry about is that we're always on this podcast and it'll be like some are on a Tuesday night, some are on a Sunday morning, and it's always like we just cracked open a beer, we're drinking screwdrivers, whatever. Folks, just so you know, Joe does enable my drinking, and I think I his. We don't drink every day of the week, but when no. we get together for a podcast, a little social lubricant, it helps you out. The issue yeah. is we never can really stop. We never have a beer <laughs> And then I go to the library and Joe goes to the science center. We well, have. That's not true. I <laughs> I go pissed to the science center quite frequently. Yeah. And the scientists don't like that. No, they don't. They really don't like it. Uh, when I go, when I when I start peeing in the beakers. <laughs> sure. Causing the foam. What What is causing this reaction? Like, what are you drinking? Yeah. Um, no, we, we. you need friends like that. Too many people are like, eh, I don't know if I want to drink tonight. We're not those people. I just don't understand. And again, we've talked about this. We but have. I don't understand. And this actually does kind of tie into pride. I don't. If you don't drink, I think you're stupid. I no, think I completely you're a agree. Stupid idiot. I completely. Unless agree. you had a problem and you had to stop because you were out of control. Right. Fine. I I get that. But if you just don't drink, I just think you're a stupid, dumb idiot. Yeah. Here and are the I'm reasons right to stop. And you're wrong. Here are the reasons to stop. You're always fighting with your girlfriend while you're drunk or something. You're always blacking out. Uh, you're there's an angry. Or there's blood on your dick again. <laughs> you don't know where it came from. Yeah. There's a. Sometimes uh, it's your blood, which, when it comes to the dick, is more disturbing. There's a dead woman in your bed, Barton Fink style, and you don't know how she got there. Right. right. Uh, or you know You've other been big on ones. The night was hot for six months. <laughs> That's a 
throw them from the train writers show. <laughs> uh, DUI. You know, uh, the- I, I'll go as far as to say DUI isn't in and of itself is not. A, I've never had one. Me not neither. strong enough reason to stop. You might have just had an off night. Now, if you have repeat DUIs, then yeah, yeah. I absolutely would stop. Now, I have I have friends because, you know, DUI is not something people will admit. I've never had one there are a couple nights. Perhaps I should have. I'm not proud of. But uh, like I got a buddy who if you're like you're at the corner of of first and western. And you want to go to second and Western, he'll get a cab. <laughs> like he is the most paranoid person in the world. And then eventually I you know, you ask a friend of a friend and they're like, Yeah, it's a DUI. A couple years back. I would be the same way. I, I, have, I would be so embarrassed that I think I it would sober me up. I would have no shame to admit to it. I mean yeah. I'd be embarrassed in the moment and you know, the fact that you're spending ten thousand dollars, you know, sure. or whatever to, you, to fix it. I mean, the there's problem. no better ad. You know, as far as uh, outside of this is your brain on drugs with the eggs, there's no better ad than you. Ju- the guy with the breathalyzer in his mouth and it says you just blew ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Everyone sees that thing once and you're like, I get it. Yeah. I'm not going to drink and drive. That's up it's there a great. Ad. That's up there with Wendy's marketing as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and Wendy's yeah. does some fine marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, where's the beef? Who 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 doesn't remember? Yeah. Dave but, Thomas, yeah. baby. Yeah, who you just blew ten thousand dollars. I was never a big fan of the fried egg one. No, with the drugs. No, you're saying you think it was a great ad. I did. I I mean because you know it was probably a little uh, over the top. But in those days, the Nancy Reagan days, they're trying to scare you. Like I actually thought that smoking a joint would cause my brain to fry, <laughs> and it probably kept me off drugs for many years. Yeah, think of all those good times you missed out on. No, I'm glad I started at the right time. I like to think that now that I enjoy some weed here and there, I like to think that starting drinking and drugs and et cetera when I was in my 20s made sure that I didn't destroy my brain. It seems like starting them before your brain is developed cannot be good. I agree with that. I think I started a little later, and that was probably good in certain ways. There's the other side of me, though, that goes, but now you're not going to have it out of your system when you're 60. Sure. Because I know people that went batshit from like 12 <laughs> yeah, to me like too. 29. And me like too. and now they're just like, no, I get up, I go to bed, I take care of my kid. But, you know, they don't they're 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 out of the woods on it. Right. I feel nowhere near ready to stop any of this. Yeah. You know, I don't feel ready to stop either. But I feel like a, a kid being thrown into the mix would make me feel completely fine with stopping. But. Let me rephrase what I was saying. I don't want to have a kid so I don't have to stop. Sure. Yeah, that, the that idea makes of sense. a child spending the idea of spending time with a child versus going out with my buddies sickens and depresses me. I just don't. But, there's just no part of it that seems more appealing. You know, ideally, you're in the kind of marriage where once a week you can go out and get drunk and she takes care of the kid. And once a week she can go out and get drunk and you yeah. take care of the kid. I don't know why that's so complicated for people to understand. Because everybody's an idiot. They really are. People will be like, well, you know, I have a kid now, so obviously I don't do anything fun ever. It doesn't have to be like that. And if you're married to a woman who's like, we have a kid now, so you have to be home every night of the week by my side when the baby goes to bed at, what, six? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if if my wife wanted to go out and party, I put the kid to bed at six. I got the little baby monitor. I'm watching movies all night. I'm doing nothing different than I would if I didn't have a kid. Yeah. You can do it with ease, but everybody's like, oh, I got to be home at four because of the baby. It's stupid. It's It's stupid. stupid. Everything is stupid. Make it work for yourself. 
I don't I don't want it. I want no parts of it. I'd have to be pretty clear if I were to get married that like I don't want to be silently resented if once a week I go drink with my friends and you watch the kid because you know the offer goes back to you as well. I think the mornings are more the issue than the nights. It's like when oh, we get up true. tomorrow and I have to be at work and I think that's where the problem comes in is the different schedules of the husband and wife. Yeah. And then the the guy saying, "Well, tonight's a good night for me to hang out." And then the wife saying, "Well, but tomorrow morning's not a good night a good morning for me." Right. So that's I think where it starts to get tough. But I would suck it up, you know, like I, I think a big part of the reason probably I don't get hangovers is that if you and I go out and tie one on on a Thursday night, Friday morning, I don't have to be at work till 10, 30, 11. It's right. fine. You know, I wake up and I feel fine. However, if I had to wake up at six, that might be different. But if it's my son in the other room, I'd pull it together and wake up. It's, I've friend, done much more hungover, I assure you. My friend you. Brian does that. He he says frequently, if you can't do the time, don't do the crime. Yeah. And he... He will. Go, we will have nights where we are out till four or five a.m. in New York. Yeah, going after it pretty yeah. hard. He's up at six, seven a.m. with the kids, getting them ready for school, cooking I love them pancakes. It. Yeah, they're out the door. He takes a little nap. Yeah, you know, like he's he he gets it done, man. I love it. I don't even know if I'd go to bed. The he thing gets that it done. the thing that would change me, I think, is if my kid was like. Daddy, why does your breath smell like whiskey or you know something like that might make me change my life. Well, I but hopefully your kid doesn't know what whiskey smells like. I'd be like. more concerned that the kid is that close to your mouth. <laughs> well, you don't. You're gonna that kiss your some, child. Some inappropriate thing is happening if your kid's just hovering around your mouth oh, and lips like that. I think you you kiss a baby on the lips up till like age five. The li- <laughs> you're not gonna kiss your baby. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? You're going to kiss the baby up till five. You're going to kiss the kid on the lips? I remember, and maybe I'm opening myself up to a lot of ridicule, but I think I kissed both my parents on the lips till about (laughs) ten. I didn't like it, and the dad started to feel real weird. But it's just, (laughs) just, I think they didn't know how to, I think my dad was probably like, my dad wasn't affectionate enough with me. I'm going to kiss my kid, tell him I love him. So and then he did it once a year, I'm and very uh, affectionate. Now with I have my problems. Parents. I still hug and kiss both of them. Yeah, but I don't think the lips were ever in strong play. I eventually, you know, my mom went much later, and I eventually was like, "This is weird." I I was old enough to be like, "Mom, that's enough of the lips." And right. She was like, "You're right." Okay. Uh, well, that's the relief that that was her response, because any other response would have been upsetting. I think parents just truly don't know what to do, and my parents had me when they were in their early twenties, so it's like they. We're trying to do their best, and, you know, frankly, their best wasn't good enough. But here I am, and I have a lot of uh, needs and problems. And well, that's the other reason I don't want to have a kid. Uh, and, again, maybe this is pride, but uh, I think most people's best isn't good enough. Absolutely. Who, who of us, who amongst us is is a, is qualified to raise a child? I no. can barely keep my shit together with this goddamn dog. I know. I know. My cat woke me up at six o'clock this morning and i could have choked it to death i could have thrown it in the trash because i once i'm up i'm up and it's out there meowing here's what pisses me off i say that a lot on dates by the way when i get (laughs) when i get an erection i'll go baby once i'm up i'm up you gotta take care of it (laughs) but you see this little black shadow through the door. I have those kind of like misty shower type doors in my house where like you can see the fuzzy outline of something. Yeah. Pat's whole house has a very dress to kill vibe in it. 
Like very a, De Palma vibe. Yeah, yes. yeah. Very cocaine. Steamy. Yeah. <laughs> sultry. You might say sultry. <laughs> uh, and you see the outline of the cat like with the little ears and everything. And sure. it, it's so cute that the anger goes away pretty quickly. But what it does is it sits outside the door and will meow, meow, meow. And it has food. It doesn't need food. It needs nothing. Then when you open the door, it runs away at lightning speed. So it just wants to wake you up and then move on with its life. It wants nothing else from you but to know that you're awake because it's awake. Right. And that, to me, is a really dick move, and it's infuriating. And it's why people don't like cats, and they're not wrong. I love the cat for the cuddle time when I'm watching a movie is nice, and I like it for when it takes the catnip, as we discussed earlier, and goes crazy. Right. But these things, like, also, did you know this? There's They bury their shit in the litter box. you got to get that out and shake right. it out. But did you know that when they pee on cat litter, I had no idea about this, and my girlfriend treated me like I was a complete idiot for not knowing. If they pee on litter, it forms into a giant hardened chunk. And then you throw that out. It's disgusting. So I thought the litter just had big chunks in it because it's a bunch of like weird rocks and shit. But it was a Campbell's chunky (laughs) litter. She's like, no, all of these giant chunks are where the urine bonds the litter together. And then you know to throw that out. That's pretty brilliant. It's it's an amazing invention, but I had no idea. And, you know, my girlfriend's giving me a lot of shit about this. The fact is I've never had a pet in my life. Never once. I had a beta fish, died. When I was maybe 10 years old, my family stood on our back porch and watched a large dog maul my sister for several minutes. We all thought they were playing and having fun. So me, my mom, and my dad pointed and laughed as a large dog just viciously attacked my sister. I just had a vision of your whole family in that scene in The Accused. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Laughing, thinking she's having a good time, and then being terribly wrong that's that's essentially what it was i i it was really really traumatic and sad and we never were able to have a pet again and my sister still and me to some degree if a dog you know your dog kind of is fine it's a little dog if a big dog comes up to me i i seize up my butthole tenses right um and my sister cannot be around a big dog because of this well there's like a trick to with that with dogs because, you know, there's, there's like the shark trick where it's like if a shark's ever coming at you, you punch it in the nose. Right. With a dog, you either finger it or you suck its dick, and it'll it'll oh leave you God. alone. Is that true? A hundred percent true. hundred percent. I'm working on a book about dog <laughs> trainings and behaviors right now, and that's chapter, I think, two. It comes pretty pretty soon in the book. I mean, this is your basic stuff. I got bit once. Uh, I was at a poker game. These dogs are at our feet all night having a nice time and i went to walk to the door at two o'clock when i was done with the game and this dog took a big chomp out of my thigh and wouldn't i'm sorry my calf would not let go and blood is pouring out of my pants it ripped through my pants and the owner comes out and he has his hands in the air and he's like i don't know what to do i don't know what to do now, to be fair these aren't house dogs pet pet plays uh with some very seedy russians down downtown <laughs> I, uh, well, these poker games my <laughs> issue was you know i've seen the paintings why are the dogs not playing poker with us <laughs> As I've been led to believe. But uh, he comes in and somebody yells out and he's very serious. He's like, shove a finger in its ass and he'll let go. 
shove a finger in his ass and he'll let go. And this guy's preparing to kind of do it, and he's like, I, I don't know what to do. I can't do that. These Finally, are the choices a man faces in life. Somebody comes out, grabs the dog's back legs, lifts them off the ground, and the dog un- unleashes, lets me go. And I was like, thanks, good move. And the guy's like, I'm glad I didn't have to shove a finger in his ass. But it was terrifying, and I had done nothing to provoke it or even looked at it. And the guy says to me, it's crazy. It's a show dog. It's a dog on The Mentalist. It's a dog that's on CBS's... Maybe that's why he was upset. It's The Mentalist. Right. And uh, he's like, it's never attacked anybody before, which made me feel terrible. I'm like, what am I giving off that makes this dog attack me? But anyway, I told him if I was not a nice person... You would owe me probably two hundred thousand dollars, and we'd go to court. Sure, sure. Yeah, I don't know why anybody and, has them. You know, my mom scary. and dad's dog gets a little feisty sometimes, mm-hmm. and I was like, "You guys better be careful because, you know, a dog just has to bite the wrong person, and then it's like you got a lawsuit on your hands." You and know? you win it every time. Well, yeah. It's why did you let your wild animal bite me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a so, valid question, frankly. Yeah. I don't know. I was trying to tie it back into pride for some kind of wrap up and I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> ah, whatever. Uh, whatever. Who cares? You know, it's fine. Yeah. We, that's pride, folks. I think we did. a. <laughs> yeah, we did a nice you job. You want a big ending, but I can't. I don't you know, it doesn't always work out like that. No. And, you know, I'm not going to do a Mencia and walk off the stage to silence like I'm making a point. He does that. He did that on his Comedy Central half hour. If if you didn't hate the guy enough, like to silence, his the end is him going, him going, this whole like soliloquy about nine eleven. Then he goes, he goes. Sometimes it's not what you think. Sometimes it's not what you expect. Sometimes a comedian is supposed to end his show with a big laugh. But sometimes, sometimes, no. And he walks off stage, and I believe I got so mad that I pissed on my television <laughs> when I saw it. <laughs> immediately short circuit who decided that he was the one at a fucking comedy special believe that he did and then it was quickly taken let me guess standing ovation i don't it it went over it was before anybody knew who he was it was like people were like "Woo, yeah but you know anyway sometimes sometimes there's no end to the podcast uh right but the plugs i tell you you now i'm doing a little stand-up which I'm going to talk about now. Next week in New York, I do stand up occasionally. You are a stand up. You have shows all the time. Do you? When you drive down the street here, there's billboards for all kinds of specials. Yeah. Do most of them make you so angry you don't know what to do with yourself? I wouldn't say most of them, but there are the there are the handful where I go, "Ooh, fuck you." There's but I think we should say that for our jealousy talk. Yeah, you're right. There's one up by my house that makes me so furious, and it's not even a competition because I'm not in competition with this person. I'm like, yeah. how dare you? Yeah, I'll often say, oh, fuck you out loud to t- billboards of TV shows. And sure. Things. Odd Mom well, Out, probably, really, to be honest. Odd Mom Out set me off. I've never seen the <laughs> show. I don't know who's part of it. I might even yeah. have friends that work on it. I don't even know. But it was the, the four, like, hot housewife types, and they were all putting lipstick on, and then the, the one in the middle was eating a French fry. Because she's, cra- she's the crazy one. And I just, it just, it I literally would exclaim, go fuck yourself at the yeah. billboard sometimes when I would drive by it. Well, that's one of those things that thinks it's being feminist and is actually so terrible for women. <sighs> to think that if you eat a French fry, you're the crazy one who doesn't have your life together. I mean, is this, it's just, 
What the hell world are we living in? Uh, follow me on Twitter, Joe DeRosa Comedy. Patty? Uh, I am on Twitter, Vine, Instagram at the Patrick Walsh. Uh, pick up Ken's book, as we discussed. And on Sunday, May the 8th, in New York City, because I'm going out to New York for a week or so, uh, UCB East, I will be doing stand-up with some hilarious comedians, including two of my favorites, Chris Thayer and David Angelo. Very nice. This $5. Coming, this coming Saturday, May the 8th, or 7th? Saturday's mm-hmm. the 7th. This coming Saturday, seventh. May the 7th, can I kick it? Returns to the Nerd Melt showroom. Hip-hop meets comedy. As usual, we'll be playing a lot of videos and making lots of jokes and things, so come out and see us for that. Didn't hip-hop already meet comedy as good as it's going to get with a little movie called Disorderlies, starring the Fat Boys? Listen... Uh, I love Disorderlies. I won't have you speak ill of it. I'm I'm not. I watched it 30 times when I was a kid. Uh, you've been listening to We'll See You in Hell, a presentation of the Fangoria Podcast Network, produced by Thomas DeFeo, executive produced by Ken Hanley of Fangoria Entertainment for press opportunities, advertising inquiries, and information about We'll See You in Hell. Contact Ken. His email is ken at fangoria.com. See ya. Thanks. <laughs>